Hello, welcome back to the Untitled SEO podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Laws of YesEO, and we're now on season three. This is season three, episode one, and we're sticking with the LAN, the live action networking. I keep moaning at my friends that people in creative industries and SEO don't talk to each other enough. We don't, we're not really competitors, but we just we need to get to know each other a bit better. So I'm going to do it live on the podcast. So I have a guest with me today, and I've not been able to say this to a guest on the podcast before, but happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's just, I was just checking, checking a few details and LinkedIn told me, oh, sorry, I ought to let you say your name first. <laughs> What's your name? Okay. I'm Katie Thompson. So Katie Thompson, um, I, yeah, I was looking on LinkedIn and LinkedIn told me it was your birthday yesterday. Now, I, I think this is a bit odd because it's, it's another step with LinkedIn going a bit more Facebook. Yes, definitely. And what I love now is that um, this year I've noticed people are turning it into sales pitches. So you get all automated happy birthdays from people who get in touch once a year. And now they say, would you like some guest posts? <laughs> Which is oh, great. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's yeah, so slightly different to kind of the the, the facebook thing mm. for you i was I, I really took pride in the fact that I, I made a note of my friend's birthdays and when they were mm. so i'd always try and be the first you know in the morning to like just send a an sms message or something to say happy birthday yes. now kind of facebook just largely enforces it on everybody don't you, you go and look at the friend's wall and there should be hundreds of people who they don't know yeah. and because it's facebook they won't be offering them guest links yeah, sadly not. Although that did happen to my pers- uh, professional Facebook page as well. Someone just commented saying, if you like, my DA links and whatever. So, there's nothing <laughs> sacred. There's nothing sacred. <laughs> uh, no, no. I've been getting the, the, the full all-platform attack from some link sellers recently. You know, they'll, they'll email me through various parts of my website, which I've, which I've attached little tags onto. So I know that it's people, you know, where they're nicking the email address from. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> here to get to know each other kind of a bit. So Katie, uh, what is it you do? What, what are your offers? Um, so I run a little business with my husband uh, called Katie Lingo. It did start off um, just as me, just as a freelancer um, about 2016, sort of as a side hustle. And then as it got a bit busier, I went down to sort of two days a week in my main job to kind of keep the wolf on the door and then got busier and went full time, got an office, went back registered, hired my husband and here we are today. So um, we mainly provide uh, content marketing services. Um, the majority of our clients are sort of digital marketing agencies, so they're sort of the invisible or visible, if you like, arm on, you know, if you've got a massive content project and you've got enough resource in the house, so what, what what job were you doing before you, you said you were doing it as a side hustle? What, what was your job before? Were you in marketing? Yeah. Um, I mean, my career, as, as many people, as I've discovered, um, have done, is I started out in uh, sort of journalism. So I was in print magazines going back sort of more than 10 years when <laughs> I was still a thing. Um, and then, um, in fact, I resolutely said, I'm not getting into marketing, I'm not doing it. But then I think as content marketing sort of came um, more into the core sort of thing. Um, I kind of transitioned with it, so I went out of print into um, digital marketing agencies. So rather than just the writing side of things, and also SEO, BBC, CRO, and other side initiatives. And um, yeah, it's just, just kind of expanded my skill set from one set of just journalism training to more marketing training. I think it's it's one of the absolute best routes into to copywriting. Mm-hmm. 
in my experience, I'm, I'm a writer, but I've, I've never been a journalist, but I've always written for, I used to write for and publish zines a lot when I was in my 20s, yeah. which is, I kind of think is just like bad journalism. <laughs> All the things you learn to do as a journalist, like, well, you know, impartiality checking your facts and all all these like real high quality things when you're publishing a punk scene to about 400 copies none of that's there at all (laughs) Um, (laughs) but when i first started working i first started working with a copywriter who was a journalist um, and i still work with her now um jen if you're listening hello and it was such a revelation to, to work with somebody who has that as a background because all of the difficult parts of crafting copywriting or at least getting the tone right and 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 doing more of the research work just sort of seems come seems to come naturally to people who have been in journalism absolutely i think it makes you much more of a people first as well i don't think you can be an introvert and be a journalist because you speak to people from all walks of life and like i say it kind of hones your research skills and makes you naturally curious so you can bring that into the writing copywriting skills I i have a friend who was she was a Fleet Street journalist starting in like the late 60s mm-hmm. and she said she, she'd worked I think she'd worked on a local paper and she, she got the job in Fleet Street and she was really excited so she turned up the first day and the editor I'm not going to swear so I'll, I'll loosely paraphrase it he mm-hmm. said what are you doing here he said she said well what am I going to write about she's like well he said well, you, you need to go out and find something to write about mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of quite quite a revelation I, I was I'm not a journalist. I always assumed kind of journalists just queue up and wait, wait to be handed tasks. He has a press release about a squirrel riding a jet ski. Go on, just go on. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to so, go out and picture feel water. <laughs> so, um, do you still do any journalism work, or is are you kind of? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm sort of doing Pulitzer winning stuff or anything, but um, some things I do um, end up. Getting things published in like trade magazines or some of my clients, they have a diverse range of channels they work with. Um, for example, like sometimes I work for uh, trading standards magazines and things like that. So um, it's still lovely to have something in print. Oh, yeah. I've not got over that. I wrote the last thing I had printed. Um, I always say I'm not a writer, but I mean, you, if you're in SEO, you do. You do write, even if you normally work with freelance copywriters or in-house copywriters, you, you always have to write. And I think you have to know how to. It, it's kind of inexcusable, really, not to be able to spot quality writing. Yeah, but the, the last thing I wrote, I haven't got it here, but it was about a large industrial machine, either that or industrial glue. And I was thinking that that's where the skill of creativity comes in, because I've been working with this client for about 15, 16 years, and I've got to write another press release about glue you know <laughs> i kind of quite like that though i think i think it's it's quite fun oh well that really stick with you eh? <laughs> hey. well that's do you know what because you see so much on linkedin and stuff about all digital pr it's always such sexy stuff you know it's it's big uh, fast fashion clients or it's big gaming or something like that but i think <laughs> no disrespect to any of that but if if you're a pr agency or someone specializing in just the dumbest Topics, then I, I because, yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. often speaking brutally as, as a service provider. That's often where the money is. Oh yeah. Because the journalist who who works with me, she's also a, a hair expert. She writes for hair magazines, mm. uh, which there are loads apparently. Um, as you see, I don't 
be sorry, it's an awful thing to say on a podcast that it's not visual, but yeah, you know, I've got the, the proper dad Brillo pad here. Um, and there's so many people clamoring to, to write for those kind of titles. Uh, same thing as when I, when I did more music writing, yeah. that you know, it's it's like there's just a lot of people trying to fill a very small number of voids. But a friend of mine once said, There's, there's never money in anything sexy, and you sort of find, find the least sexy niche or area possible yeah. and I'm not sure there is any because you can always find an interesting story in there somewhere absolutely yeah um I think you know let's say if you are working with a, a construction company or something relatively boring but they've built the Olympic stadium that's really fun that's an exciting mm. case study what you know I think there's always something creative and exciting to come from it it's just about how creative you are have you ever worked with a client who thinks they're boring but you immediately see something really quite interesting in it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what that has just made something spring to mind. It wasn't a client, it was actually a student. Um, I was at a careers fair last year, and um, I think he was just telling me about how uh, like ethics um, in like AI and stuff. He was only about 14 years old. He was like, oh, you know, I was like, are you joking? I was like, that is fascinating like there's so many different tangents you could go off and stuff there's so many things you could talk about there but he was just i think he was quite shy and just whereas i'm just really loud and in place. i was like no i could talk about this for hours i've done presentations on this i've done podcasts on this like please talk about it. so it is quite funny i don't know if it's like imposter syndrome or what is it more of a reflection of the person rather than the industry they're in are they not sure themselves um but sometimes you know that's half our job isn't it it's it's to tease that out of people um, and get excited about it, even if they don't. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for a lot of clients, it's just that they've been working in that industry or, or with those products for so yeah. long that they don't spot it. But there, there's a story which I've probably told loads of times on this very podcast of a client who we're talking about, we're doing content strategy, you know, what are you going to talk about? What, what should we write blogs about? And he was like, I really don't think there's anything. And he, behind him on the wall, there was a picture of him holding, stood next to, I think it was Guy Ritchie, and he was holding Guy Ritchie's Oscar. And I was yeah. like, well, do you think that might be something interesting? This is a client who made whole TV series for Sky and people like that. And I was like, you don't know how lucky you are having something that's so easy and such broad appeal when yeah. back to the old industrial adhesives again. They're going to hear this one day and go, why do you keep talking about this on the podcast? <laughs> that being said, it, it, it is nice when you get a client who is really easy. I've got a client that does dog-friendly holiday lets. So oh. we just put dogs on everything. That, that's... Yeah universal appeal yeah with dogs yeah i think okay so i'm not fussy i don't discriminate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's nice to get get the easy one now and then so so i'm interested is your husband from a journalism background as well no he's not actually um he, he's always said that with his career he's kind of just falling into things by accident where, where i think we were raised differently i was raised one of six kids and my parents were very like vicious and drilling things into me whereas he's one of two kids and just had two really lovely parents who weren't living vicariously through him and just said, whatever makes you happy, son. <laughs> so he has worked in all sorts. He's done accounting qualifications, he's worked in travel, he worked in IT, um, estate agents, but um, he found that he really had a knack for IT. Um, so he did uh, like a qualification in that as well and was working in a travel company, but went from reservations into IT and, and soon became the IT guy. Um, so now he doesn't have any formal qualifications 
per se in writing, but he does have that sector expertise. So now whenever I'm writing anything really technical, I just know it comes a lot more naturally to him, mm. like about data centers or something. He'd, he's already got the news on that sort of thing, whereas I would have to spend that much extra time researching it. So um, yeah, I've kind of, um, I don't want to say I've, uh, I've taken on my wing and taught him, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he's taught me not. We teach each other because you know, that's, working together and that's being like my, my wife's a horticulturalist and i think the idea of me working with her would terrify her she doesn't well, like me she doesn't like me touching her tools <laughs> a, a lot of people say that, and i think i was definitely like that at the beginning you know very uh, reluctant to kind of let go of the reins and i was going do you want me to change the brand name or anything and he was like no no it's like you're the extra i'm the introvert you can be the face so now i say i'm the face and he's the brains <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So how, how long, so do you think you'll expand? Are you you're going to take on extra people? I'm not sure. I mean, as is many, uh, any freelancer will tell you, um, you get periods where you're just so busy, you know, ah, I need stuff, but I'm just, I guess I'm just driven by fear. And then, oh, what if I have a quiet month and, and, and I can't <laughs> um, To be honest, the term lifestyle business is something I only really came across maybe in sort of COVID time being totally honest and I, I, I just never heard of it as a concept so um he and i yes we would never say never but we're quite happy having enough to have a roof over our heads an office and nice holidays and feed our cats so <laughs> the risk was not sounding ambitious no no I, I don't think i don't think that's it at all there's there's a, like a default setting that most people running a business or working for themselves mm-hmm. are expected to be and I've been doing it for 23 years now and it yeah. only occurred to me two or three years ago to sort of figure out how businesses are supposed to run because I, I just didn't know yeah. you know I, I didn't know about purchase I still don't know that much now I apologize to my business coach who is listening to this he's probably just bursting into tears mm-hmm. um but no, yeah, there is a sort of an expectation. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know who it is. No one's ever like actually pushed me to try and make more money. I just don't want to still be working when I'm 100 years old. <laughs> well, this is it. Yeah, I mean, my husband Craig always says the goal is to be on a beach and have the business running itself. And I'm like, yeah, but also I get bored really easily and I really want my job. So <laughs> I'm the control freak. So I'm, yeah. So. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, somewhere where I could uh, rely on people who have more holidays. But I don't know. I think the, the life, I like the lifestyle the mm. lifestyle job thing. I mean, both my, my team members, um, like a lot of SEO agencies, I work with loads of freelancers and, and have a relatively small team. Yeah. They're both only on a handful of hours a week, and that's because they've they got their parents with young children apart from anything else. So they, they, don't, they don't want to work full-time and then I did the same when, when my child was was young there was no way I, I, I wanted to work full-time but the, the, the kind of the old cliche of, of well my parents generation the baby boomers of like if you, if you don't work yourself half to death by retirement you've not succeeded like nuts to that I don't want to yeah. do that oh definitely yeah I think that is yeah that, that sums up generation to a T doesn't it so it, it's interesting now I think particularly post-covid as well people are actually re-evaluating what's important in life and no no I, I don't think people will ever say i'm pleased that i missed all these things <laughs> yeah. yeah so so you did you start during covid um no no um we 
I would say COVID was kind of the point for us. I mean, technically, was, uh, I started in 2016 whilst working in agency. Um, then I went down to about two days a week in 2018. Um, and then uh, just at the beginning of COVID, because uh, the two-day week job was in travel, and I was in marketing and travel, I got the call one day, well, we can't sell any travel. So sorry, there's no point marketing in. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> it, it ended up that I was actually, this poor woman on the other end of the line was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I ended up like reassuring her. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> anything, this means I have to go with Bums and I have to go five days a week with it. And it was a really pertinent time because obviously everything was online then anyway. So if anything, we were really busy. So I think just the stars aligned. Mm. Uh, but yeah, touch wood. I don't want to say COVID wasn't good for anyone, but yeah i think it was it presented some unique challenges but the yes. world well my world i can only speak for myself really yeah. especially being in business it works better now i, I yes. got rid of my car because i used to drive all around the county yeah. to to have hour-long meetings with i love my clients i really do but i quite yeah. like the fact i don't lose half a day when i go and see them now yeah this is it yeah now it's more kind of like a novelty if i'm going to go for a day out or you know it's nice to go and visit on site i used to go around driving around dropping off christmas presents and stuff. <laughs> but i think i was just always a lot smaller not i don't love everyone and you all deserve presents but now we're also like a kind of sustainability first sort of mindset aren't we? so we don't need it yeah very cool so so um i was going to ask you some general questions about about kind of finding business and, and yeah. going about things I, I meet a lot of copywriters in networking groups. Do you are you an active networker? Um, I'm selective with it. I think everyone who's, who's tried starting their own business has gone through the ringer of you know whatever you feel about things like B and I or kind of B and I always comes up. Always. It always comes up. Yeah, um, I'm generally again no disrespect, but referral networking is not for me. Um, and I echo the sentiments of other people who've said this, which is. Are you referring that person because you genuinely have worked with them and you can recommend them, or is it because you are obliged to under the contract of whatever this referral networking? That that's absolutely why I don't do formal networking because when I went to that network, yeah, it, it was a room full of I've got friends I made there. Yeah, great yeah. for making friends, but great, sure, it, it was a room full of plasterers and builders, and yes. I don't know how I was going to find them plastering and building, you know, leads, and then I thought. They're never going to find SEO leads. Then I thought, well, this the whole thing's just not not going to work. My, yeah. my favourite networking I go to is um, well, it's all around the country now, but it was started by a friend of mine, a, a, an associate here in Ipswich, and it's called Pub Networking. Okay. And we go to the pub. Oh my god! It's a bit. It's, it's slightly more structured than that, but um, but the the atmosphere of that one's so much better. It's so much more relaxed because no one's standing up and giving their Sales this is pitch. it, yeah, you know, just stand up in a line and say, hi, I do this, and I'm this. Whereas, I'm not saying it needs alcohol or anything, but, like, <laughs> to be in that informal setting. Um, when I meet someone, like, write an SEO, I'm sure you've been plenty of times, like, you know, they have, like, social um, evenings, like, oh, I've got someone there, or never met them before, maybe I've had a drink, I will rip the pee out of them, you know, banter with them or whatever, and make an impression, make them laugh, Add on LinkedIn, maybe follow up in a few months. For me, like I don't like selling to people. It's, it's just it gives me it, you know. I would much rather plan around. 
I, I don't think you you do need to sell. I mean, the whole the whole concept of, of what we're both involved with for for a living is inbound marketing, yeah. and it, it's not really going out there and shouting. I, I sort of say it's not it's not the market seller yelling about his apples. It's the person presenting a really nice fruit stall that yes. people see from across the market and go, that looks really nice. Can I speak to you about your apples? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a weird analogy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you're right, though. Now, I have been to networking events where, you know, I've just been earwigging something. Hi, I, I run this agency and I do this and I'm like, just, just, just relax. A, stop talking about yourself. <laughs> just, just ask some questions. People love to talk about themselves, don't they? That's, like, absolutely everybody who works for me whether they're if they're a regular freelance or a team member they get sent a copy of the dale carnegie book so, you know, how to win friends and influence yes. people yes and i always add that with the cavil the, the um the caveat that the title has aged really badly it sounds yeah. a bit greasy and weird but it's actually a lovely lovely book it might as well just called shut up and actually pay attention to people Right. It's, it's that simple. It's, it, it's almost too simple to people try to complicate it. I also add uh, one extra thing, which um, <laughs> I posted up in some months, which is uh, arm wrestling. And I find that to be a really good icebreaker. Uh, what? Yeah. Sorry? Say that again. Arm wrestling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, I mean, alcohol may or may not be involved, but I think I put it on LinkedIn. I said it's a great way to kind of uh, break the ice if anyone's feeling awkward. It gets everyone kind of to crowd around so people interact. You can sort of um, get an idea of someone as the, they're a good loser or a good winner. Um, I think, you know, how much, was it Tyler Durden in Fight Club who said, how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Well, take that, but kind of distill it down into tiny little friendly <laughs> um, I think I, I fully look forward to, to you launching your arm wrestling based kind of business networking meeting i think that's brilliant i think what is life about a little mindless violence i uh, <laughs> i grew up on um, on rick male comedies so um you know <laughs> that's my philosophy of life. I, I think i think you, you've rounded off you've rounded off this podcast very well i think i think yeah it's been really nice to speak to you katie and, and to get to know you is there anything you, you want to share before we before we wrap things up um Oh gosh, what have I got planned for you? I'll, I'll be at Brighton SEO in April, and hopefully, if you're thinking about November yet, hopefully in San Diego as well. So, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll put, I'll put links to your website and your LinkedIn in the show notes. So, it just remains for me to say thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to say goodbye. Katie, would you like to say goodbye? Thank you for listening, everyone, and I shall see you soon.